You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Let's get started. This episode is super special to me because it was actually the first conversation that I ever recorded for Naptime Empires, which was totally fitting because then, flip it around, Morgan interviewed me for the first actual episode of Naptime Empires. Don't ask me. The way that I'm picking the order of events is highly intuitive based on post-it notes on the window in my office with a little bit of dry erase marker. But anyway, I'm glad I finally get to share this with you because it is so good. I say that every time because I mean it every time. Otherwise, I would not be publishing these babies to iTunes and inviting you to pull up an earbud and listen. All right, let me talk about Morgan McDonald. She's a writing coach and editor of nonfiction writing. She works with entrepreneurs and platform builders who want to publish books that level up their businesses and their platforms. She helps writers tap into their bold messages, shape the words so that they resonate with their readers, and produce books that impact the world. Morgan's the founder and managing editor of Paper Raven Books, where she and her team of top-notch editors and proofreaders shape and polish first drafts into powerful, publishable manuscripts. She's also the mama of four. I met her years ago. I don't remember how, but of course, it was through Facebook, ultimately, likely through our mutual biz buddy, Susan Ferraro. I don't quite remember, and we have yet to meet in person, but since I'm about to be moving back over the rainbow to Houston, which is where she and her family are currently residing, her four kiddos and her husband, you can bet we're going to have some Naptime Empire's playdates and Mother's Day's out in our future. Also note that when we recorded this, she was actually still pregnant with baby number four, but now baby Zelda is here. And Morgan is still rocking out freshly as a mother of four in true Naptime Empire's fashion. So in this conversation, we cover when and why she knew that stay-at-home life was not for her and when working away from home life wasn't either, what she would have done differently if she could go back in time and start her business all over again, how to write a non-spammy email to friends and family whenever you're just starting out. We actually both get into word nerdy detail on how to frame that. Her go-to process for finding quality childcare anywhere in the world. Truly, they traveled with their three little ones at the time. Their fourth baby is a souvenir from their six months of travel around the world. So she shares her super practical tips, especially for those of you who don't have family around and you are... Well, I'm not going to spoil it, but she shares her tips for that. She offers up a super helpful reframe on the ROI of childcare in the early pre-revenue days when you're tempted to put so much pressure on, okay, if we're paying for childcare, I have to be making money at that time. So you definitely want to hear that. How she shifted from having a sitter one day a week to now feeling totally spoiled by a dream nanny who helps with laundry and house cleaning four days a week. She's got a really great system down. Tips for managing your most important things list if you are working purely on borrowed time, which... That happens for most of us, right? And then how she and her husband work together to co-create their ideal lifestyle. I love the tips that she shares about the open conversations that she's had with her husband all along the way, how her business is going to impact their family and looking at it as an investment up front when she was just getting started. So, so many wonderful tips, ideas, stories, and shares in here. Enjoy. All right, Morgan, I'm so excited to have, I mean, I love having any conversation with you, but I'm excited to actually be recording this one for the benefit 
of our fellow mamas and mamas-to-be and potential dads who are listening. So I know a bit about you, but I'm excited to learn more. And I would love to start just by painting the picture and creating a frame of reference of your family life and your business. So let's start off with the kiddos. Tell us what your family looks like right now. Yeah, absolutely. So right now we have a six-year-old girl, a four-year-old boy, a two-year-old girl, and a girl on the way. who's <laughs> due in January. So there's a lot of craziness going on. Right, right. Okay. And your business, where did your business fall in that lineup? Like when did you start your business? Tell us what your business is about. Sure. So I actually started, I wanted to really try the stay-at-home mom thing. So I was with the oldest for about a year just at home. And I don't know, like it was, it did not feel like the right aligned path for me. And so I actually started teaching when I was pregnant with my second. And so I was teaching adjunct sociology courses at Malloy College on Long Island because Uh we lived in New York City at the time. And it was really hard. (laughs) And so about almost two years into teaching, I was like, you know what? I don't think that I can keep doing this back and forth and the commuting and all of that jazz. And so I started really seriously considering, I've been freelance editing papers and journals and articles and dissertations and all sorts of stuff. And my backgrounds in sociology and English and writing. I just thought, well, if I'm doing this freelance... Surely I can build it up and, you know, get a client base and really make a business out of this. So when my second was nine months old, I made my first big business move, which was to join Marie Forleo's B-School in 2013 and got my website up. And that was kind of the beginning. And for a while it was just freelance editing and it has grown into an entirely different business model. (laughs) I'm very grateful for, we are now Paper Raven Books. And we are a self-publishing company. So we help entrepreneurs and platform builders write books that are going to help them boost their business and build their platform. And we help authors all the way from first draft conception of the book through publishing and launching like a pro. Right. Which is so, first of all, I love what you're doing with the books because I know I have at least a few books that I would love to write and I'm definitely enlisting your help whenever it's time. But Lately, I think I told you this through Facebook messages. Like I keep seeing books and people like Sixth Sense style when he's like, I'm like, I see books and people, everyone that I'm talking to, I'm like, you know, you could totally write a book and you could totally make money from that. So I would love to pick your brain down that rabbit hole. But to start, I just want to rewind a little bit when you were saying that it was really hard. So at first, stay at home mom, that was the gig. And that's what you were trying out. It didn't really feel like the right match or set up for you. But then when you went and you were doing adjunct teaching, which I did as well, way back when you said it was really hard. So tell me more about that. Like what was really hard about that? Well, I remember this feeling of being amped up and like having to do something productive all the time because there were literally not enough hours in the day. Mm-hmm. So I was only teaching, I think, four classes, right? But I had those stacked two days a week. I had our part-time nanny coming those two days a week. And I was an hour and a half trained there and an hour and a half trained back and lesson planning on the off days and grocery shopping and just like still taking care of all of the house and domestic stuff. Mm -hmm. I just remember like waking up super early in the morning and being like on an adrenaline rush to get my task list done until like bedtime. (laughs) And 
I mean, my husband is an attorney and he's in the big law world. So if any of you moms or dads out there, if you have a spouse in the big law world, like you have my <laughs> <greatest> sympathy, <laughs> he just wasn't available, not because he didn't want to be, but just because he's been in that stage of his career. Right. And so I just felt like all of this weight was on my shoulders and I wanted to do something to contribute in a career kind of way, but I just couldn't find the balance. And so I was drained every day. Yeah. Right. Because you're accountable to other people. So there's the difference between, well, sure, you could technically work on your business all day, but ultimately that's up to you as opposed to you're accountable to other people for all of these things. And for classes, especially, I don't know if they were all the same, but I mean, that is a lot. And especially when you're commuting and it's a physical place. For me, at least it was online after a while, you know, like I taught throughout grad school and then after grad school, I taught at the local community college. But then from that point on, it was University of Phoenix and facilitating courses online at least. So it was still like I was accountable, but I could do it from home in my jammies like I can do now, which is a win. <laughs> I got to say, I love staying at home. Now that the business is home-based, I'm like, this is genius. We should all be working from home. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and then there's the shadow side of that too, because at first it's like when you are out and you're working out in the world and then you dream of working from home, but then whenever you start working from home and you make it a habit to not get out of your jammies and to not get dressed, which is why I think years ago I did this hashtag get dressed challenge. And I think that's why it resonated with that. so many people. Cause I'm like, y'all let's put some pants on, you know, <laughs> let's actually real pants <laughs> not for ourselves. Pants. Even if we're not seeing any other grownups today, let's just get dressed and make ourselves feel better. Okay. So nine months old, so two little ones, nine months old, Deacon, at the time we're recording, this is actually going to be nine months on Friday. So that's not necessarily like, oh, great, easy, sure, let's do this. <laughs> so tell me more about when you were starting and what kind of was coming up for you, because I know we're going to have people who are listening at all different stages, and there are going to be a lot of moms who maybe are in that first year of staying at home, and they're like, ah, this isn't quite it. Or maybe they went back to work when their little ones were however old and they're like, mm, this doesn't quite feel like the dream either. So what did it feel like for you and how did you make that jump or scoot? However, it may have felt when you went from teaching to then freelancing and then starting your own deal. Yeah. So I think I was actually had a fortunate mindset coming into it because I had just come off of, we already have a part-time, you know, nanny or babysitter coming two days a week. I'm talking to my husband about this and I'm like, I think I want to, you know, not commute and go into work, but instead I essentially want to go back to school. And that's really how we have framed this whole business thing. Is it like my husband went to law school? Yeah, I went to grad school, but I got paid to go to grad school. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, can this be my chance to kind of go to business school, except instead of enrolling at NYU or something, right? <laughs> can I enroll in some online programs and can we keep our babysitter one day a week? And so I had her for six hours. I think it was like Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going into this deep online training. I'm going to figure out this business thing. And it was... I only needed the babysitter for the time that I was really heavy into either learning about the business or implementing something particular, like I'm figuring out this website thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't know if this was the best idea or not, but I put all of the editing freelance work into the nap time. I should be sleeping hours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. so that was stressful, but at the time, 
I gotta say, I was like, I've never been in such good shape in my life. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I was like eating well and exercising and like taking the kids out in the stroller and like running and stuff. And so yeah. I had energy. I do not have the energy right now. <laughs> but at that season in life, I just felt like I can do this. I was on this like super pumped up adrenaline rush. And so for about a year, that's really what I did is I had the babysitter for, well, I guess I did that for about six to nine months, mm-hmm. babysitter one day a week. And then a lot of the actual editing client stuff on nap time and nighttime hours. And do you think that that helped or do you think you framed it that way? Because the editing and everything in the nap time hours and in the bedtime hours, that was something that you're like, well, that comes naturally. I can totally do that in my sleep slash in their sleep. And mm-hmm. then the sitter time that was like, okay, this is going to take more focused brain power because this isn't like a second nature kind of thing to me. Is that why you? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, learning how to build a business is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's definitely lots to learn. And I'm also curious, I'm making little doodle notes over here because I'm curious about when you started delegating. But the other thing to me too, that I noticed with Bryson, it was the same kind of thing, like super. And it's also really funny because I also got paid to get my master's. <laughs> I had a teaching relationship and we're both in Houston, which we totally need to meet when I'm back in November. Whenever Absolutely. Coming up. But whenever I started my business, Bryson was 18 months old and I had two part-time jobs. And one of them was for the park service where I was actually still going up to the visitor center sometime, but I did, I felt like I got so much done. And I was just talking about this with someone else on another podcast back in my grad school days. I also had a Mary Kay business and they used to always say busy people get things done. And it's not like you want to glorify busy for the sake of being busy, but I certainly did. I had a very full calendar. And so I just got stuff done because you only had, you know, such a window of time. So do you think that by having just that six hours, that dedicated six hours really just lit the fire under your booty. Cause to me, sometimes if I feel like I have too much time, like last year when I was pregnant and Bryson was at pre-K or preschool, I felt like I was rolling around in white space. Like it was really hard for me to focus and rein it in and make it count because I had so much time, which seems silly now that Deacon's on the outside. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, how do you find then and now your ability to focus based on having help with childcare or not? Yeah. Well, I think it comes and goes with the clarity of your own direction. Mm. So there have definitely been seasons in the last few years where I've had too much time and I didn't know how to fill it properly Mm. (laughs) because I just didn't have clarity on where I was going next. And there have been times where, yeah, I mean, I can get a lot of stuff done in a chunk of two, three, four hours. During the early days, I probably didn't get as much. I felt like I was busy, yep. <laughs> but I wasn't really making like big strides and momentum because it was still like the business model was still a huge blur to me. I was doing the editing, but in the back of my mind, I was like, but I want to create a publishing company. How the heck do I do the editing now? And I want to create a publishing company and I don't have a clue how to get from like where I am now to where I want to be. Mm. So I, I mean, I totally wasted too much time with like the website and social media, right? <laughs> which is just, I really think it's part of the process. We all go through that phase because you just don't know what you don't know until you start digging into it. So I would say like, be patient with yourself. If you feel like you're in this space of like, I'm spinning my wheels and I don't know if I'm spending my time, you know, in a productive way, it's like, 
this is a process of gaining clarity and you just got to keep setting aside those hours and trust that you're moving in some direction, even if it doesn't feel like it every day. Right. And I think that's huge because I mean, literally specifically with this podcast, it's like, I've been talking about this naptime empires conversation for months. I mean, honestly, years when I started telling Tamsin about it, like when the idea just popped into my head, I'm trying to find like a paper trail of when this naptime empires name popped into my head and I can't figure out, it might've even been in 2014. I know there was nothing left for me to do besides actually start these conversations and get y'all on the phone or Skype, Zoom, whatever we're using to explore it because that's a huge piece, especially at the beginning. And then at any other phase, when you're going through a transition, and as I like to call it, biz puberty, it's about just doing it. And that's the only way to learn. And yeah, it's great because you can hopefully take lessons from what we've been through and you know take shortcuts and everything. But ultimately, you got to move. It's that saying you can't steer a parked car. So knowing what you know now and talking about how you kind of squandered, again, they served their purpose because you were getting momentum and you were all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed just exploring what was possible. So it served its purpose. But what do you find if you did only have six hours to work on your business in a given week or day or whatever the setup would be? What are the kinds of things that are most valuable to you as opposed to just piddling around? Like what are the things that move stuff forward for you? That is a great question. (laughs) (laughs) In the early days, I would have spent more time sending direct emails to anyone in my personal network. And I would have really challenged myself to think who was in my personal network. Mm. I did not have a lot of courage in the early days because I think it just takes some time to get that confidence. At least it did for me. Yep. And so I sent some emails to like my colleagues from graduate school who I'd been doing some freelance editing for and asking them for referrals. But I would have blown that up. If I could go back and tell myself, here's how you could be a successful freelance editor. Like I would say, go back to anyone that you knew from high school, from undergrad, from grad, go to family members, go to previous bosses, go to LinkedIn. Like, you know, and I would have sent many more emails and made many more phone calls Mm. to just tell people like, this is what I'm doing. If you know anyone who needs some freelance editing, here's the website. I did get the website up pretty quickly. I think that was important for my momentum. But then I was not very on the ball about getting in those clients. I was relying a lot on my current clients to refer me and I could have been much more proactive. So I would have spent a lot more time doing that kind of direct marketing. Right. And what, I mean, because this is, again, this is especially for those who kind of, get training wheels and obviously, and actually I have a couple of buddies that I'm going to be interviewing for this first season who have tremendously successful network marketing businesses. But again, just using my little Mary Kay experience from way back when they talk about, you know, reaching out to your friends and family. And then people have this basically a stigma because they're like, "Ah, I don't want to bug my friends and my family. So when you're saying that, that's very interesting to me. And I'm curious, what would you, I mean, you just kind of previewed it, but how would you approach that in a way that doesn't feel like, oh, sweet. I haven't heard from Morgan in like 12 years, but here she is telling me about her business. Like what are some tips on how people can reach out to their existing network, their friends and their family and colleagues or former colleagues in a non icky way to just be like, 
hey, you know, I mean, I would obviously from the communication perspective, I can't help but be thinking this through. And I'm like, make sure you do something that's relevant to them first. And you don't just make it about you or maybe find a way to add value to them as opposed to just like copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Right. So exactly. what would you be saying to them? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would, if I know them already, like if we've had maintained a personal relationship, I'd be able to call up something from what we'd talked about previously and just sort of, Hey, how you doing? Let's check in on a personal note. And also I wanted to let you know about this really cool, exciting thing that I'm doing now with editing. If I didn't have that personal, you know, like let's say we went to high school together or college together and we haven't talked in 10 years. <laughs> well then you can find out a lot on social media and you could really just start with, Hey, I noticed you are in this, what looks like great job with, you know, so-and-so, company or it looks like you've been having some, you know, beautiful babies, just let them know that you actually did sort of check in with where they are. <laughs> like you took time to see where they are. I mean, honestly, you just got to make the ask. You just got to say, you know, we're living in whatever. At the time we were still in New York. So I would have said, you know, we're living in New York now. We have two little ones and I've just started this really exciting venture with freelance editing. I wasn't, I just thought, Either you might need some editing at some point or you might know someone who does. So if you could just keep me in mind, here's, you know, my website. It does not, like, people are not going to mind. <laughs> They're not right. going to be offended. <laughs> right, because you're not. You do that, that initial, like, the first paragraph kind of is a nod to your relationship. And then the second, maybe third paragraph is, you know, about you and then the ask. And it's not, you're not taking up much of their time. Yeah, and super short and sweet because... Nobody, I mean, honestly, for me, especially with emails, if I get an email that's really, really long, then I feel like I need to reply with something that's really, really long. So then I'll put it off. And then three, five, 10 million months later, I'm like, oh, shoot, I never replied to that. Whereas if it's a quick email to you, then you feel like a quick response is, oh, really, yeah. you know, totally. so. like 200 words max. <laughs> of course, you know, word count <laughs> to think of what would be a long one. Okay. So another thing that I'm curious about, because early on you mentioned that y'all had a part-time nanny slash babysitter, whatever you want to call it. And that to me is something that's going to be one of the huge conversation points or potential resistance pieces for so many of us, because it's like, oh, how do I find someone? How do I find someone that I can trust? How do I know? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm also very curious about this because again, this could be a whole nother conversation about the great adventure because you guys just did six months of traveling abroad with your little ones in tow and you had sitters in each country, right? Because you were coordinating. So I'm very interested in your tips on finding great childcare, you know, whether it's at a home base and it's like, okay, this is a regular thing. Or if you're just out and about, because I feel like that is liberation station, you know, and that's something that so many of us are like, well, I can't because blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, that is literally just a story. And if you do want to have that dedicated focus time, which is what I was hearing you say is really what was key to you getting started is having that focus time. And that's something that I've seen in so many of the responses from folks in that original type form survey is I don't have focus time. I'm so distracted or the interruptions. And it's not like I want to resent my kids because I do want to be able to be home and have them around, but I don't have that focus time. And the only way to do that, unless you're working on nap times, which are not very predictable, most of the time you need help. So what are some of your best tips and secrets to finding great childcare? 
and lessons learned, I guess, along the way from having different providers over the years? Yeah. Well, I got to say, I'm pretty sort of practical, pragmatic when it comes to childcare. Like I'm not one of those people that feels like my kid has to be with a relative or a family friend. Yep. And I like, if that is you, that is totally fine. <laughs> I would never make a judgment one way or the other. Right. We happen to have like almost never lived near family. So mm-hmm. that just wasn't really an option for me. We always had to rely on someone who was not part of the family or family friend. And I just felt okay with that. And I don't know that there's, I can't really give any tips about that piece of it. Like you either are or you aren't. Right. On the financial side, we did sort of talk about how I viewed really the first year-ish of the business as like, this is an investment. This is my business school. I, my husband and I looked at the numbers and we said, we can invest this much money and it's okay if we don't start making a return until like this date. So it's important to kind of look at those. And so don't freak out and think, oh gosh, well, if I have a babysitter, then I have to make sure that every single week my business is bringing in more money than it costs to have that babysitter. Like I think that'll send you into a tailspin panic. Mm, (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. Take that long-term view and say, you know what? Okay. I'm willing to invest in a babysitter for X number of months at, you know, X number of dollars per hour. And at that point, at, you know, this date, I really need to make sure that my business is generating income, but to be okay with, <laughs> with possibly losing some money on the childcare on the front end. Let's just yeah. be honest about that. Right. Um, that's a big psychological hump to kind of get over and you and your spouse have to be on the same page with that. That's a really good point. And I love how many conversations you've referenced with him, you know, and like all the different like open conversations that you've had with him at every step of the way, the way that it's gone with me and Jeremy, it's more just like, I'm keeping him in the loop. (laughs) I'm just like, okay, so this is going on. So this is going on. Granted, he's been gone a lot, like probably most of the time that I've had my business for three and a half years at the time that we're recording this. He's been under the sea or away for training and he really is just kind of coming up for highlights and things and like, oh, here's something big to tell you about. You know, thankfully he's supportive. Otherwise that wouldn't be a great way to go about it. But yeah, I feel like that's, again, another really interesting conversation to have is about if you do have another parent in the home or air quotes in the home at play and having those conversations on how the business affects the whole family and the finances and all that. So when you're hiring, okay, so this is, again, it's something I'm interested in because I grew up around my whole extended family. I'm the youngest of four girls. So usually it was like my sisters that were babysitting me. And then my whole family lives in the same area within like 10 minutes of each other, except for us right now living 4,000 miles away in Hawaii. So I was very familiar with its family, you know, its grandparents, its aunts, its, you know, sisters that watch the kiddos. And then when I'm out here with the military, especially and granted, thankfully, we do actually have our twin laws, as I call them, my husband's identical twin brother and our sister-in-law and our nieces are just down the road, but they have, again, their own stuff going on. So I'm not like, hey, can you watch the boys? Because they have life happening. And in the military community, I mean, again, most people don't have family around, so they are hiring people that they don't know. So do you have a go-to process for it or is it kind of mostly an intuitive thing? Like, how do you, because this is, again, something that I feel like so many people will get hung up on to be like, ah, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Care.com. Yeah. <laughs> it's really my go-to when we lived in New Jersey, New York, when we moved back down to Texas, like I go to care.com 
and I post a really nice message. I make sure there's a good picture of our family. I feel like I do some good copywriting about why we are an ideal family to work with. (laughs) (laughs) The benefits of hanging out with my kids are a thought. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm really specific about what we're looking for. I'm really specific about, I mean, you know, when it was one day a week, it was more loosey goosey. It was like, really, I need someone who, you know, will help tidy up the toys or something. Now, more recently, when we've gotten into like an actual four day a week nanny, you know, I will post stuff like I would like help with, you know, house cleaning, these sorts of items. And so just make sure you are really clear with your expectations on what you would like to see in a child caregiver. And I post that on care.com. I usually get between 40 and 80 responses. Wow. You can tell a lot just by the messages they send back to you. And then I get on the phone with maybe, you know, eight to 10 of them. And then I'll bring two to three in for like a test run. And then now my kids are old enough that I can ask them, what did you think? Right. Yeah. (laughs) When you talk to someone on the phone and when you bring someone to your home, like at that point, it's gut instinct for me. And yeah. I've never had really any problems. Even you mentioned we were traveling abroad. Like I would go to the websites, you know, like I would Google babysitting service in Athens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a babysitting service in Athens. And then you can just submit, you know, send an email. And then you talk to the director of this service or whatever. And it works out. I mean, there were some more informal things that happened as well. So I always Googled babysitting service in X city. But also I would send out a Facebook message to my friend and say, Hey, we're going to be, you know, in Paris these two weeks. Does anyone know anyone? Yes. I love that. Used a babysitter. And we had a babysitter that way too. So use both the formal sort of services that already exist and then just ping your friends and ask them if they know anybody. But ultimately, like, I think it really comes down to, especially with babysitting, like true babysitting, like we're in Athens for three weeks. You're not going to be a member of our family. Right. Just make sure that the children are fed and entertained. And that's really it. Yeah. <laughs> as long as everyone stays safe, you know, the expectations are pretty low. So monitor your own expectations about who you're bringing into your home, you know? So this is the other piece too, with getting help with everything that's going on with home. And I'm glad you mentioned Like it's not literally that they just need to be hanging out with the kids, especially because what if the kids are napping or whatever, then there are other things that they could be doing and helping out with. And it's totally okay. And people love to help. I mean, if that's literally their line of work, I mean, they love to help. They love to be providing care and service and they wouldn't be signing up for it. So there's a lot of guilt. I think that people have around like, Oh, I don't want to ask somebody to help with laundry. Like that's For me, it's so funny and random how we ended up having our first non-family babysitter who is, I just love her. And she's been coming basically one or two days a week for most of the year. And I met her randomly because her brother-in-law was our Terminix guy. (laughs) (laughs) And when I was like super pregnant, I was like 38, literally 38 weeks and doing all the things to try to get Deacon to come on out. And he mentioned something about his sister-in-law being a masseuse and she helped his wife go into labor and their cousin go into labor. I was like, what's her number? (laughs) So she was a masseuse. And then she came over and she was giving me like an induction massage, which didn't work. She was shocked. She was like, what do you mean you haven't gone into labor yet? We tried it twice. But at some point during one of the massages, she was like, she mentioned something about being a nanny. And so when it was finally time and like Jeremy was gone on another half deployment. And then my parents flew back to Texas and it was like, okay, this is game time. Bryson's going to be at school, but Deacon's going to be home. If I want any time, then I'm going to need help. And so I thought about going to care.com, but then I chickened out 
And I was like, I'm just going to reach out and see, you know, she's available. And that was like the way that it came about. (laughs) It was very, very. I think there is a certain, like when you open yourself up and you are wanting to like draw someone like that into your life. I mean, the random things happen and that person appears. So whether that's through care.com or whether that's through your Terminex. (laughs) 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 Just be be open to all the avenues of possibility. (laughs) So funny. Okay. So that's the childcare piece. The other piece I'm curious about, I mean, lots of pieces. One of them though, is how you're balancing, especially now that you've got number four on the way. And so you have three little ones like running around on the planet, on the outside. How are you balancing? And again, I don't even know if I believe in balance as opposed to, what book was it? Living Forward by Michael Hyatt and Daniel Herkovy where they talk about the balance really just being like the tension between the two. It doesn't mean that you're giving equal energy to all things, but like what is an ideal nap time empire situation look like to you? You know, what is your ideal? Here's how we're making it work. And I feel really good about this particular day because I showed up in these ways. What does that look like for you? Yeah. So I will say I am totally spoiled now. (laughs) Okay with that. So we have the most amazing nanny I think exists on the planet and no one else can have her. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. I was like, if we move back to Houston, does she she have a sister? (laughs) She takes care of all of us really well. She's very sweet and loving and kind and so good with the kids and does the laundry and cleans the house. Like, and she's here four days a week. And so I have, you know, work hours now, which is amazing. I love it so much. (laughs) It like feeds my soul. And I try to be just super productive and here and present for my clients during the Monday through Thursday, pretty much it's like 8.30 to 2.30, right? Because she shows up at eight. And of course I never really, I'm always like cleaning up the kitchen or whatever, you know, it's hard to transition straight into work, but 8.30 to 2.30. And I am just, I'm really trying to be on task and thoughtful and intentional with those hours. And then once I go to pick up, you know, and then three o'clock, you know, we go and load the kids in the car and then she leaves and I go take the kids for the rest of the day. And then Friday through Sunday, they're also mine too. And I will say it's very tempting for me sometimes to bring them back home after school and turn on a TV and finish up that last email I was working on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, like I will say that as advice, <laughs> but I'm trying to be very intentional now about saying, okay, the laptop's going away and we're going to a park after school and I'm not going to check my email mm-hmm. <laughs> or at the park. So now I try to draw a much more clear distinction between work and and child get, and like me being with the kids. And I think that's partly because you mentioned we just came off six months of travel, like yeah. from February through end of July, we were just touring Europe. <laughs> we were just bouncing around. As you do with and, three little ones. <laughs> and you make a fourth on the way. <laughs> right. You're Susie. <laughs> You're Exactly. And so during that time, it was like, craziness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we tried, our intention was for me to have one work day a week. It was usually Tuesdays. I tried to set that up ahead of time, but it's just like, it doesn't always work. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, you know, my husband, he probably had like 
at least eight like daddy adventure days and they would go do something really fun just with dad. And they actually loved that. That was a really great routine for them. And so I did usually have the one day a week, but then it was like, oh, but I didn't finish this project and I'm going to work on it during, you know, and it just, everything bled all over the place and it was all messy and it was actually really difficult. And so now we're just like two months back in Houston. And so I'm like relishing (laughs) the the divided time and having the separate spaces. That's really where I am kind of emotionally right now. (laughs) Well, you deserve to be spoiled. And I love that. I was actually even just talking to my sister, Stacy, who, you know, but we were talking about how much we loved your post about HEB. And when you had gone to the grocery store and you were like, look at this, I got an entire (laughs) trunk full of groceries and I don't have to go back to the store or walk any cobblestone, like roll an ankle, (laughs) hearing stuff back back and forth. This is a luxury, you know? And so, I mean, for sure. I just, I love the contrast that you just painted in the picture that you just painted again, for those who may be like, ah, I don't know, because then you can see, like you want that feeling that Morgan just described, which is having containers for your work because, and again, this is something that I totally have struggled with, but it's about never turning it off. For me, I think it's a little, different as well, because with my husband being gone so much, it's easy for me to like hang out with my work, you know, or to hang out with worky type activities when otherwise, if he was actually here, I wouldn't be doing that. You know, I'd be hanging out with him or we'd be doing something that was like clearly family time. And so for me that I've blurred the line so much because it's like my work was keeping me company. And I wonder how much different my business would be if he had been here all the time you know, and I, like, I wonder, and there's no way to know because it's all working as it should and all of that. But I wonder like, would I be more focused because I would really give myself fewer hours or would I not be as far along because those extra hours really helped? So it's interesting. I like hearing about how literally just having that set schedule has made such a big difference just for how you feel about it. Cause that's ultimately what matters. And that affects your work. Cause if you feel stressed out, frazzled and like, Oh, I just got to do this one more thing that's going to bleed into the energy of your work and your potential dream clients and customers are going to pick up on that too. Cause it's not something that you're creating from a place of, ah, yes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think the key really is just managing your own expectations. I mean, you and I, I know are both like ambitious, optimistic people. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure like you listener, if you're tuning in with us, like you're right on track with us. So I think sometimes our temptation is to think I can get so much done in this four hours or whatever, Mm -hmm. but really dialing back down that to-do list and saying, what are the most effective things I can do in this four hour block? And then let the rest go. I mean, lately it's been like, I don't always get to inbox zero at the end of the day, but I'm still not going to check my email, (laughs) you know, in the evening and just realizing I'm not going to be able to get all of it done. And so what one, two, three things am I going to get done and then be at peace with letting the rest go. Right. Because we just freaking have to, I mean, this is something that I keep saying it and I will keep saying it. And if you haven't read The One Thing, is it Gary Keller? That's the author of yes. The One Thing. Yes. And I think I didn't even finish it because I was like, all right, got the idea. Moving on, <laughs> squirrel to another <laughs> Audible book or something. But basically the one thing that you can do that makes all the other things either easier or not even necessary. I'm totally exactly. paraphrasing. Exactly. But along those lines, I did a Facebook Live once upon a time about how to get everything done 
on your to-do list. And the secret is to make a shorter list because it's so weird how easy it is to get into this. I have to do all the things. I have to do all the things. So here's my list of everything that I need to do probably like in a two week span, but I'm going to put it on my list for tomorrow. And then I'm going to do like three of the things and beat myself up for not doing the rest of them. That is not healthy and it is not benefiting anybody. And so the more we can just keep reminding each other and reminding ourselves to then remind each other, tell somebody else, and then hopefully they'll repeat it back to you. Make a shorter list, dude, make a shorter list because otherwise you're setting yourself up to feel like poop at the end of the day. Cause you feel like you're never enough. You are always enough. Even if you didn't do any of those things, especially when you're raising small humans, like that's a pretty big job all on its own, even if you did nothing else. However, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you do want to create more things and that's great too, but you just have to be able to give yourself grace and set yourself up for success, which means being honest about how long it takes you to do things, even when you do have that focused amount of time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I love talking to you and I'm sure, again, I have no idea what I'm actually doing with this podcast, but I feel like if I do multiple seasons or I feel like I could probably have a series of at least three helpful, beneficial conversations with each of you, I would love to, at least I think, wrap up with this question about, it's not that I want to say it's not easy because you know, who are we to define what's easy for someone and what's not, but it's definitely a challenge, you know, choosing to build a business and build your empire while you're raising little ones. And so what I would love to know from you, Morgan, is what makes it worth it to you? What keeps you, you know, driving on during the times that you have to keep moving forward and to keep moving toward that vision, even though like it's, you know, there are lots of different pieces and people at play. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I agree. I wouldn't say it's easy, but I would say it's worthwhile. And I think we all sense that sort of deep in our souls. Otherwise we would not, (laughs) we would not be here right now. I think moms have, moms and dads have a particular ability to tap into a deeper patience for what's happening in the moment, because we know there's a vision for the future. So we, maybe not with the first baby, <laughs> the first one's just a roller coaster ride, but eventually we get our sea, our sea legs and we figure out that this moment of newborn or teething or two-year-old tantrums or whatever, this is a moment in time and it is only one season and we can have patience with where we are now, even if it's not perfect. And we can still be grateful that we have this moment because we know that we're raising a little person. We have a vision for how this person is going to grow up and be part of our family and, you know, just be this amazing shining light. And so if we can take that patience and gratefulness for the moment with the vision for the future and just translate it into our business and give ourselves that same sort of patience and gratefulness. Mm -hmm. So you might be in the beginning stages. You might be in like newborn zombie land (laughs) with your business and yet take that patience and gratefulness that you've learned from raising children and give it to yourself in your business and just have patience with the fact that right now I feel like I'm spinning my wheels, but be grateful that you are in the phase well, you get to spin your wheels because you're gaining momentum. You will, you just have to trust you're gaining momentum and then decide what your vision is. For me personally, it is to have more true family time. So 
I don't mind sacrificing some of my mom time because I know that when my business is as successful as I know it will be, my husband won't have to work the crazy hours that he does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I mean, he's not able to be present as a father the way he wants to be. And that is something that we are working on together as a couple. And my business is a piece of that. And so we have plans, you know, for when my business takes each subsequent step and, you know, grows as my business grows, it's going to make it more and more possible for him to take a different job, yes. <laughs> you know, find a different career, take yes. some time off. You know, that was part of the reason why we did the six months. He was able to maintain the same job, but we really wanted a season of him being home with us as a family. And that spurred on our collective vision of I'm working, not just because I want to work, but because we have a joint vision of our family life where both of us are more present. And my kids need me as a mom, but they need him as a dad too. And we feel like it's going to take both of us, <laughs> you know? And so yes. for me, every time that my business makes progress, you know, and I measure progress different ways. It might be revenue. It might be clients. It might be impact. It might be networking, something like that. I feel myself getting closer to that vision of bringing my husband back as a more present father, the way that he wants to be. Mm, so good. And that's totally a hundred percent how I feel too. I mean, literally, cause he has been, Jeremy's been gone like 70 plus percent, you know, the last two years, a hundred percent gone 70 plus percent. And that's just not our ideal situation, you know, and you know, it's a blessing to be able to wake up and realize how much control we do actually have over our circumstances when you wake up and see all the different possibilities that are out there. And that's what I'm excited about doing with this conversation is just shining a light. I'm like, Hey, here's how this is looking for this family. Here's how this is working for this mom who may be a single mom. Here's how it's working for all these different varieties of lifestyles and business styles and arrangements of little people, <laughs> or maybe they're teenagers just to see what's possible. Because I mean, just, I can't even thinking back three and a half years ago and the same time frame for you when you were just starting out, like I just never would have guessed that this was a possibility to be, you know, at this place where you really can start having serious conversations about him being able to choose what he wants to do as opposed to like, no, this is what you're doing because you're providing for our family because I'm certainly not making enough money <laughs> to do it. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else that we didn't cover or talk about that you feel like you want to share or you think we covered the basis for at least round one? I think we covered pretty good basis for round one. Yeah. I would encourage you guys out there as you're building businesses to really have that patience, be grateful for what's happening now in your business, whatever small amount of clarity or traction or, you know, momentum that you are gaining and just hold on to that vision hold on to that vision and it'll come. It'll come. And speaking of visions, let's talk about where we can see you and where we can find you. So just let us know. And we'll have all of this in the show notes as well. Even though at the time of recording this, I don't even know what the show notes are going to look like and the website doesn't exist. But ultimately, by the time you're listening to this, we will have show notes over at naptimeempires.com. So Morgan, tell us where we can find you online and learn more about you and you know get your help in writing our books and getting our messages out to the world. 
Yeah, absolutely. Paperravenbooks.com is my company name. And I'm on Facebook and Twitter also. And so come find me on social media and we will hang out and we'll talk about being parents, building businesses and writing books. Whoop, whoop. All right, Morgan, thank you so, so much for your time. And I'm excited to watch your empire grow. Thank you, Nikki. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to naptimeempires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free... Wait, did I say free? I meant priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire Builders for deeper discussions, behind the scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. naptimeempires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 